Take out your Bibles. Psalm chapter 86. I want to talk about the goodness of God. The goodness of God. Contrary to a lot of people that try to blame God for all the problems in the world, I want to show you that God is a good God. The goodness of God. So many people in this world, they want to blame God for all the natural calamities, like the hurricanes that we've seen in our country. Also, uh, they want to blame God for all the problems in the world, for the illnesses and the things like that. And they want to make God the bad guy. They want to blame God. Well, my first answer to that always is, who is the God of this world? Who is the God of this world? A lot of people don't know any better. They think, well, God is. Jesus is. No, Jesus is not the God of this world. The Bible says the God of this world is Satan, whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that believe not. So the God of this world is not Jesus Christ. The God of this world is not the God of the Bible. The God of this world is Satan, the devil. And that's why when Jesus Christ comes back, he's going to have to fight a battle, and of course he wins. You ever notice that? Jesus always wins. You ever notice? I like that. I like that. But we're going to talk about the goodness of God. The goodness of God. Romans chapter 2, verse 2 says this now. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth uh, against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou, O man, that judgest them which do such things, and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? People think that they, they're getting away with their sin. People think they're getting away with something. They're getting away with their sin. Now, verse 4 says, Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness? There is the riches of his goodness. Goodness is our word for this morning. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness? People that despise God's riches. They despise what good things God is giving us. Or despise the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering. Not knowing that the goodness, there's the word again, goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. God is good with us, so we will repent of our sinfulness and repent of our unbelief and repent of our rebellion against him. But the goodness of God is here. Now we're reading Psalm chapter number 86. Psalm 86 beginning at verse 5. For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive. That's one reason he's good. He's ready to forgive. And plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. They have to call upon him. Give ear, O Lord, unto my prayer. Attend to the voice of my supplications. So David here is calling out that God will hear his prayer and answer his prayer. Verse 7. In the day of my trouble I will call upon thee. For thou wilt answer me. Among the gods there is none like unto thee, O Lord. God, small letter G there. Neither are there any works like unto thy works. Who can create something out of nothing? Nobody. Nobody. And the Lord says in other places in the Old Testament, let that be a test. Somebody thinks they're a God or they believe in a certain God. Can they create? Can they make something out of nothing? That's a test, God says. Now verse 9. 
All nations whom thou hast made shall come and worship before thee, O Lord, and shall glorify thy name. For thou art great and doest wondrous things. Thou art God alone. Thou art great and doest wondrous things. Thou art great. The people in this world, they want to be looked upon as being great, don't they? The Hollywood crowd, the politicians, the wealthy people, uh, sports figures, they want people to look at them and admire them and honor them. They all want that kind of glory and recognition and honor. But only Jesus Christ deserves it. He's the only one. The goodness of God. Look at verse 15 now, still in Psalm 86, verse 15. But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion. Yeah, we need to let people know they're going to hell, but we need to let them know with a tear in their eye. But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering, and plenteous in mercy and truth. Amen to all that. Turn to Psalm chapter 107, verse 15. Psalm chapter 107, verse 15. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness. And for his wonderful works to the children of men. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your goodness. And Lord, may people who are blaming you for the problems in this world and difficulties, maybe personally or maybe nationally, whatever it is, Lord, help them to realize they're not from you, except if they're a means of chastening or judging to bring people to you, to get people's eyes on you and maybe be convicted about their sins. Lord, so many times the problems in people's lives is because of their personal sins and sinfulness, rebellion, self-centeredness, pride. Lord, help people understand that and realize that's so important, that you're a God, a giving God, a gracious, merciful, long-suffering, patient God. May they turn to you before they will be judged. Jesus Christ, Lord, help them to understand, Jesus Christ would rather be their Savior than their judge. So bless now, help me as I preach this morning. In Jesus' name, I do pray and ask it. Amen. The goodness of God, the goodness of God. Psalm chapter 25, verse 7. The goodness of God. Jesus went about doing good. It says in Acts chapter 10, verse 38. And when, when we become Christians, what should we then do? Go about doing good. You ever notice the similarity between the word God and the word good? Very similar. You know the word, when we say goodbye to somebody, you know that, what the old rendering was before they kind of uh, condensed it into goodbye? It means God be with ye. God be with you. That's what goodbye means. God be with ye. God be with you. It's interesting how things change over the years and how people ignore and neglect God, isn't it? And don't understand and realize these things. All right, let's get to my main message this morning now. Uh, the goodness of God, number one, should be pled in prayer. The goodness of God, when you pray, plead for the goodness of God. Look in Psalm chapter 25, verse 7. It says, Remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to thy mercy, remember thou me, for thy goodness' sake, O Lord. Because, Lord, you've changed me. I'm changed now, and I want to serve you. Yeah, I had a past. Everyone has a past. Like that little quote I put on the bulletin this morning. All alike sin, but all don't sin alike. Interesting, isn't it? 
for thy goodness' sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore will he teach sinners in the way. All right, to be pled in prayer. First of all, why would a person pray? A person asks God for a favor, and that's what prayer is, asking God for a favor, if he did not think that God could or would answer that prayer. If you don't think God was good and would answer that prayer, then why even bother praying? If you don't think God could answer that prayer or would answer that prayer, why pray? Why waste your time praying if you didn't know and understand God is a good God and He's a merciful God and He's a forgiving God and He will answer your prayer because He can and because He will answer your prayer. Now, those are the two things. But why would anyone ask God for a favor or anybody for a favor if He did not think He could do it and He would do it? For instance, if I was to... uh, Today, let's apply this personally. If I was going up to you individually today and ask you, could you give me a million dollars? Would I ask anybody in the church about that this morning? The answer to that question is no. Why would I not ask anybody in our church this morning for a million dollars? Because I know you don't have it. And if you did have it, I don't think you would give it to me. Two things. So when we pray to the Lord about things, we really believe that God could answer that prayer, whatever we ask him for. And we believe he might, he very well might answer that prayer because he will answer that prayer. Those two things, could he answer that prayer? And then will he answer that prayer? Because number one, he could, but he might say no. And certain prayers are answered. God says no. But like I say, if I was to ask you for a million dollars, well, first of all, I wouldn't ask you for a million dollars. And by the way, oh, wait a minute. You know, some of you, I don't know that well. And maybe you have a million dollars. Well, you talk about being surprised. That would be be the shock of my lifetime. Anyways, uh, but if I was to ask you for a million dollars and you say, well, I do have a million dollars, but I'm not going to give it to you. See? You pray about things. You ask people for things if you know they could do it. And then you pray that they will do it. So that's what prayer is. Asking for things because you know God is good. And you know he could answer that prayer. And you know he very well might answer that prayer. He will answer that prayer. So he pled in prayer the goodness of God. Our Lord God Almighty, you're such a good God. Would you answer this prayer? Would you give me what I desire here? The goodness of God. Number two. The goodness of God is to give us encouragement. And boy, we need this. Psalm chapter 27, verse 13. It's got to be one of my favorite verses. Psalm 27, verse 13 says, David says, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord. Now notice the location. He wants to see the goodness of the Lord. Notice the place. In the land of the living. In this lifetime, I need God's blessing in this lifetime. I need to see some good things in this lifetime. I know in heaven it's going to be glorious. Heaven's going to be great. And there'll be no problems up there. It's going to be a wonderful time. But I'm not in heaven yet. I have to live in this nasty now and now. You know, eternal. It's going to be great in heaven, but not now it isn't. It's easy to become discouraged in this world. Christian, let me say this. We're losing We're losing our families. Isn't that discouraging? Where's all the families? 
Why are there heartache of broken faith? And there is a heartache. I, I, I don't, I'm not saying that this morning to make people feel bad or anything. I'm just saying it's a reality in this life, isn't it? There's so many bad things that we're losing. We're losing our families. The kids aren't following up on the faith. Like that little quote that I, I learned years ago, it said, to the first generation, to the first generation, Christianity is a conviction. To the second generation, Christianity is a tradition. To the third generation, Christianity is a bother. Isn't that what's... We're losing our families. We're losing the gospel. People don't understand to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You have to believe and understand who He is. There has to be submission to His Lordship. You have, there has to be repentance and faith toward the Lord Jesus Christ. Repentance toward God and faith toward the Lord Jesus Christ. We're losing our families. We're losing the gospel. We're losing our country. Uh, we're going the wrong way. Read Romans chapter 1. Read what it says about that. We're losing souls. How many people are listening to the gospel? How many people promise to come out to church and you never see them? It's discouraging. Now, what's the answer? We're going to win someday. And it's easy to get discouraged. But look at that verse again. Psalm 27 verse 13. David says, I had fainted. You know, there was times I'm thinking, why try anymore? We sent out those new resident letters. We sent out about 5,000 a year, people in our general area. And we may get one visitor a year out of 5,000. Boy, that's discouraging. Say, Pastor, you're discouraging me. I know. Verse 13, I had fainted. Now, Unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. There's still a lot of blessings, even this side of heaven. Look at the fellowship we have here. The closest we have, the friendship we have, the Christian fellowship we have in our church. Other churches that are around, there's still, there's still friends, there really are. There's thousands, tens of thousands of good churches around yet. You might not know about them. There's still a lot of good missionaries around. There's still a lot of good Christians around. They're here. They're here yet. They're around. Don't get too, too discouraged about that. But there's a lot of things that can be discouraging. But he says here, I had fainted. I need to see the blessings of God. And one thing that encourages me, one thing that is a blessing to me, one thing that will lift me up when I'm down is when I see the goodness of God and how good he really is. When I see his mercy, when I see his graciousness, when I see his long-suffering, when I see his justice, when people do wrong and get away with it for a while, but a lot of them don't get away with it. This whole political thing where all these past stories are coming out, you know, I think that's a good thing. I think that's a cleansing for our politicians. They better not mess around. They better do things right because they're going to get caught too. I think God's in back of that. Because he wants to cleanse. Even that he does for good reasons. He's trying to make our lives better. Verse 13, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of God. In the land of the living, right here, there's so many blessings in my life too. I'm not going to focus my attention on all those bad things. I'm not going to focus my attention on all those discouraging things. I want to think about all the good things that God's given us. I'm glad he's given us a ministry here in Euclid, Ohio. I'm glad we have this church right here in Euclid, Ohio and with our radio ministry and our, our websites and the signs and all our, our missionaries and our visitation group. We have all these different things going on. 
and we're reaching into the community with our newsletter. We send out over 1,200 of those newsletters every month. So I'm encouraged by all those things. We're standing fast for the Lord, even if we might end up like Noah did. Being the only one left, only Noah and his family were on the ark. That's discouraging, but God's still in control. God's going to bless you. God says there, I want to see the blessings, though, in this life. Heaven's going to be great. I know that. But I need his help now. Now is when I really need it. Pray that. Pray that. Just like David did, they say, Lord, I am discouraged. I am down. There's so many bad things, so many negative things. Lord, please show me a blessing. May I see your goodness. I need it now. Ever been there? Are you there now? Yeah. So give us encouragement. That's what the goodness of God does. He encourages us in bad surroundings. And then one more thought I want to bring up this morning. Psalm 33, verse 5. The multitude of God's goodness. Psalm chapter 33, verse 5 says, He loveth righteousness and judgment, and the earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Let me ask you a question now. Do you believe that? Do you really believe the earth is full of the goodness of the Lord? Then why are we, and I'll include myself there, or why do we tend to get discouraged? Why do we tend to get defeated? Why do we tend to get down about things? If the earth is filled with the goodness of the Lord, why can't we see it? Why are we fear-driven, Christian? Be careful that God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Have you picked up on that spirit of fear? I know a lot of people, I know Christians even, that have a spirit of fear. All they talk about is, oh, this is bad, and oh, this is bad. And they have a spirit of fear about them. Stop it. Get rid of that spirit of fear. Get over it. Because you can't see some things, yeah, I can understand that. But there's a whole lot more around us that we cannot see, but they're still there, and God is there. Let me show you an example of that. Turn back now to 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 6, beginning verse 13. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 13. We'll begin verse 13. And he said, Go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he, meaning Elisha, talking about Elisha, he, Elisha, is in Dothan. Therefore, sent he thither horses and chariots and the great host, a big army. And they came by night and compassed the city about. The nighttime, they didn't see this huge army coming in and compass circled the entire city there. They didn't see it because it happened at nighttime. Now verse 15. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early. Now who is this in verse 15? The servant of the man of God. Not the man of God. The servant of the man of God. Was risen early and gone forth. Behold, he saw. He, he behold, he saw. And host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, meaning unto Elisha, Alas, my master, how shall we do? What are we going to do? We're surrounded. We're dead. We're dead. We're goners. Verse 16. And he, Elisha, answered, Fear not. Don't be fear-driven. Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. 
Let verse 16 sink in this morning. And he answered, Fear not. Don't be fear-driven. For they that be with us are more than they that be with them. We outnumber them. Doesn't seem evident in the world, doesn't it? Now verse 17. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord... Now, this is going to be a special prayer with a a special answer. Verse 17, And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. God protects his own. God takes care of his own. But back up to verse 17 there. Elisha prayed, open his eyes that he may see. Friends, don't be discouraged. Remember this. Just because we don't see them does not mean they're not there. Just because we don't see the angels around us doesn't mean they're not there. They are there. God is protecting us. And there are chariots of fire surrounding Elisha. No one was going to get to Elisha. Not even Satan and all his hordes of devils can get to Elisha. God's protecting him. And if God's protecting him, I don't want a spirit of fear. I don't have to have a spirit of fear. In fact, it's wrong. It's unbelief to have a spirit of fear. Don't be afraid of these things. God will take care of us. Say, why? Because he's good. Because he's good. Blessed is a man that trusteth in him in the Lord. A couple last thoughts and I'm done this morning. Number one. Part of the change when a sinner gets converted is he starts to have, he has God's nature and he starts to act like God by being good. When people get saved, they start to behave differently. When people get saved, they start to behave with goodness themselves. We Christians are the beneficiaries of God's goodness. God is good to me. Individually, personally, if you're a Christian this morning, God is good to you personally, individually. That's what God does because he's a good God. And and the goodness of God is evident in our life. He's good to us. What a wonderful God we serve. The Lord is good. If God was not good, I would not willingly, joyfully, faithfully serve him. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are a good God. And those people who are trying to blame you for all the problems, they're just liars. Blasphemous liars. And Lord, that's not too strong a word or words for that. Because you're a good God. Merciful. Plenteous in your mercy. Gracious. Long-suffering. Patient. Loving. For God's soul loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Bless the invitation time now. Work especially on the hearts of those that are not saved. As we pray for them, draw them with the Holy Spirit of God. We pray, Lord, we pray. We plead for their souls. We literally do. Because someday it will be too late. But it's not too late this morning. Right this time. They can believe on the Lord Jesus Christ in repentance and faith. Please bless this invitation time now. 
our spiritual needs and to glorify the Lord. For it is in Jesus' name I pray and ask it. Amen.